Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, folks, some days, sometimes, maybe, just maybe the good guys win. Just maybe. No time to let our guard down. But the past 24 hours have been revelatory, to say the least. You know, the the wizard's been totally exposed now. Now it's time to double down and go after the real bad guys. I have a loaded show for you today in light of the dropping of the case against Mike Flynn, the exposing of devastating transcripts. Yesterday, there's, this is going to be a stacked show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect yourself and your online data today. Get a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Do it today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I know you're uh, loaded for bear here and ready oh, to Oh, yeah, roll. man. I am. Uh, good Tons to be here. It's Friday. Joe, it's, it's, happy day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. You have to give the It's Friday. I'm well, sorry. It's, it's a must. We Friday. Gotta, yeah. We had to do that. And it is a joyous Fridays Friday. So I'm yes. sorry. I can't <laughs> cut you off. It's totally unacceptable. It's all right. Folks, in the interest of time here, let's get right yeah, to it. Baby. Today's show brought to you by friends at NetSuite. There's enough uncertainty to go around right now. NetSuite reduces uncertainty by giving you visibility, visibility and control over your business. With so many critical decisions to make right now, you need the right numbers and you need them right now. You can't wait. NetSuite by Oracle is the world's number one cloud business system. With NetSuite, we give you financials, cash flow, payroll, inventory, and more all in one place. Super easy to use. So you have clear visibility and total control of your business. NetSuite customers have the flexibility to work from anywhere. We work from home. Where do you work from? You can work from anywhere with this with immediate clarity on critical information right at your fingertips. No more guessing, no more waiting. Make smarter decisions with confidence because you've got crystal clear visibility into your business and your numbers. Join over 20,000 companies who trust NetSuite to stay in control. Get your free guide today. Managing business uncertainty, a must right now. And schedule your free product tour with NetSuite right now at netsuite.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Don't wait. Get your free guide and schedule your free product tour at netsuite.com slash Bongino. Do it today. Netsuite.com slash Bongino. All right, Joe, let's go. Now, for those of you who were paying attention to the news yesterday, turning on the radio or basically breathing anywhere in America around the globe, a bombshell hit right after our show went live at about noon Eastern time. And believe me, I know that term is overused in the media. I get it. I'm in the media. You know, you advertise explosive bombshell. The case against Mike Flynn was officially General Mike Flynn was dropped by the Department of Justice because the case was a fake. It was a fraud. It was a hoax. And folks, we're not taking any victory laps because a lot of work to be done ahead. Now we turn the tables on the bad guys. But we have been telling you about this for well over three years now. Have we not, Joe? I mean, we yeah. hammered this thing easily. for so long that some of this stuff easily, that's right. Some of this stuff may actually be old news to you, which is a good thing, but we are going to walk through this thing from soup to nuts right now. And we are going to expose these sleaze bags, and we are going to produce the evidence and the new stuff we got yesterday to form a total picture of the biggest scandal in U.S. history. Before we get to that, 
Let's get to the media reaction. The media, of course, which are colluders in this, the media are not your friends. They are the bad guys in this. Not all of the media, but the media folks who actively colluded with the people spying on Donald Trump, colluded with Fusion GPS, took money from Fusion GPS, took talking points from Adam Schiff, took knowingly false talking points, are now in a tizzy. They are losing their minds because they are part of the scandal. Do you understand this? The media is freaking out about General Flynn's near total exoneration coming. The judge has to agree to the DOJ. Department of Justice dropped the case against him yesterday. The judge has to agree, so let's not get ahead of ourselves, but the judge will most likely, Judge Sullivan will not force the DOJ to prosecute a case that's, that's a hoax. The media is losing their minds because they're part of it. Here is a quick montage here of the media reaction yesterday, totally melting down. And it's important, keep in mind as you're watching this, that these people are part of the scandal. They are an active Pravda-like Soviet-style disinformation campaign. Check this out. It's a pretty dark place on social media. The very first comment after the story broke that I saw on Twitter was, Putin, if you're listening, high five your asset. And there are Russian flags and Russian memes popping up. And now we see Bill Barr really just doing Donald Trump's dirty work. Now he has in his back pocket a little AG who saw to it to let Flynn go. It is, uh, I think, breathtaking dishonesty from the Justice Department. This is the collapse of the Justice Department. Now, Katyal, you caught my breath with the collapse of the Justice Department. This is a case where the fix was in. The fix is in. Not good for the rule of law. It's not good for morale. And it's not a fair outcome. This is an absolute injustice. I don't worry anyone who, who cares about the rule of law. Mike Flynn's lawyers have been engaged in a smear campaign. This is a political and incredibly destructive thing to the rule of law. It's all heading towards the president wiping the Mueller investigation uh, out of the history books, at least as far as criminal convictions. OK, hat tip Media Research Center for that awesome montage. Those are grotesque, awful people. Those are evil, immoral, disgusting human beings. One of them, Nicole Wallace, who's actually mentioned in some of the court documents because she is the awful fake hoaxer who actually interviewed Jim Comey, where Comey admitted to the setup of Mike Flynn. So thank you, Nicole, for your role in exposing whether you did it by accident or not. You don't even know because you're not smart enough. The biggest scandal in U.S. history. What is the biggest scandal in U.S. history? Let's get to it. So ladies and gentlemen, let's walk through from the beginning and keep in mind here, we now know that Obama knew. Now, if you're a listener to this show, you knew President Obama at the time. Now, former President Obama knew about this scandal the whole time, but now we have the evidence and it is devastating. So as I said on Fox and Friends first this morning at 5.50 a.m. Eastern time, I might add, very early, but I like them over there. If you're in the media and you're not asking the question right now, what did Obama know? When did Obama know it? You're doing it wrong. Let's go back to the beginning. And when I say the beginning, I'm talking about the beginning and the genesis of how Mike Flynn got a target on his back, which led to the dismissal of the case by the DOJ yesterday, the dropping of the case, because they know they're involved in something really bad. Let's go back to the beginning. So on August 15th of 2016, ladies and gentlemen, we have this interesting text that's become a fascination of people in my sphere who are actually interested in the media, uh, excuse me, in this case, not, not the mainstream media, right? We had this text by Peter Stroke of the FBI who says, I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration and Andy's talking about Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, Andy's office, that there's no way he gets elected. But I'm afraid we can't take that risk talking about Trump. 
stroke, te- stroke texted Lisa Page on August 15, 2016. It's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. Keep in mind, just five days earlier, they've opened up cases, spying cases on Carter Page, Manafort, and Papadopoulos, all from the Trump team. This is in the middle of 2016, in the middle of the election. Five days after they open up those cases, they're in Andy McCabe's office, the deputy director of the FBI, talking about an insurance policy against Trump. Now, I've had some interesting shows in the insurance policy where I think the insurance policy was going back to the information they had gotten about Papadopoulos from the friendly foreign government. I'm going to dial that back a little bit and let's assume, let's just make it easy at this point and assume the insurance policy at this point may have had more to do, not just with Carter Page and Papadopoulos and the Australian tip, but the insurance policy may have been their idea to go to the FISA court to spy on Trump. It may have just been that simple that they realized they were going to need an actual warrant to spy on the Trump team. What makes me believe that now, given the new information? Well, let's go back to this FISA coverage communication here. This is important. This is where they start talking about. So remember, August 15th, they're talking about an insurance policy. This is from the IG report. They're talking about the Crossfire Hurricane team told us that the proposal, this is them talking to the IG, the proposal for FISA coverage targeting Carter Page, in other words, get a warrant to spy on the Trump team, originated from the team and was not an instruction for management. The team also told us that the interest in obtaining a FISA warrant was based upon Page's prior contacts with Russian intelligence officers. For these reasons, on August 15th, Case Agent 1 emailed a written summary on Page to the OGC unit chief. Folks, there it is right there. Yes, it was likely about Carter Page. Follow me here in the beginning. What does this have to do with Flynn? This whole thing is starts in the summer, fall, and spring. I should say the spring of 2016. And in August, they get the idea that they are going to go for a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump team. That appears right now to be what the insurance policy you're talking about. In other words, God forbid Trump gets elected. We'll spy on him now. We'll have a dossier of information and we'll get him out later. They're talking about it right there where the team decides to propose in Andy's office, as the text says, Uh, As the uh, text says, excuse me, the team decides to propose to McCabe, the management, hey, let's go for FISA coverage and a FISA warrant to spy on them instead. Now, the next day, August 15th, the next day after August 15th, when they say, hey, let's go get FISA warrants to spy on all these people. What comes up? They decide the very next day to go after General Mike Flynn. It says on August 16, 2016, as you can see from the IG report, the FBI opened the fourth individual case under Crossfire Hurricane on Michael Flynn, who was serving as the time as the Trump national security, Trump campaign's national security advisor. The next day. Now, I'm going to go into their predicate, their reasons for opening up a case on Mike Flynn, which we found out yesterday, which are tragically hilarious, ladies and gentlemen. Their reasons are so embarrassing that the Department of Justice is going to be walking this back and investigating people for decades after this. The next day after they decide to get a FISA, they decide to open up a case on General Mike Flynn. What's the problem, ladies and gentlemen? As I'll show you later, stay tuned. We've got some nuclear bombs to drop today. We found out yesterday their reasons, again, are hilarious. They have nothing on Mike Flynn, but they are desperate to target Flynn, as we've shown you over the past couple shows over the past couple days, because Flynn has threatened to expose the intelligence community. 
as a former intelligence community chief of a division, the DIA himself, one of the big intelligence agencies, he was the head of it. He has threatened to expose their failures and he knows all about the Iran deal, Obama's signature, a foreign policy achievement. So they have to take him down and the FBI are going to be useful idiots doing it. So they open up on August 16th. Now they don't have anything on Flynn. Remember, this is under the headline, the beginning, how this all starts. They don't have anything on Flynn. And in order for the FBI to open up a case, they have to do an EC, an electronic communication where they document the reasons. I'll get to that in a little while. But they don't have anything to open up a case on Mike Flynn that they can put in writing. This has all got to be documented. So what magically appears on August 10th? You know, August 10th, the same day, they opened up the cases on the other. Remember, they opened up the case on Flynn August 16th. But on August 10th, they open up cases on the FBI, on Papadopoulos, on Carter Page, and on Manafort to spy on them from the Trump team. They open up actual counterintelligence investigations on them. But they don't open up on Mike Flynn August 10th because they don't have anything. So what all of a sudden magically appears on August 10th? Oh my gosh, the Steele dossier, which the FBI claims they had no access to. Here it is. You can see it right there. If you're watching youtube.com slash Bongino and who magically is mentioned in a Steele dossier memo dated, look at the bottom to the right, August 10th, 2016. Who's mentioned in it? Oh, Mike Flynn and his potential dealings with the Russians and recent visits to Moscow. And it's interesting that Flynn's name appears in lowercase letters. The only name that appears in lowercase letters, by the way, suggesting it was thrown in there in the last minute. What am I telling you happened? Bottom line up front. On August 10th, the FBI opens up cases on Page, Manafort, and Papadopoulos, but not on Flynn. Somebody at the White House gets wind of this. Hey, they didn't open up a case on Mike Flynn. We got to open up a case on Mike Flynn. It's the Obama White House. We want to spy on him too. He's a piece of garbage. We got to get rid of him. We don't like him. He's threatening to expose our malfeasance, but the FBI is not doing it. Hey, wink and a nod. Isn't Hillary working with that guy Steele who's working with Halper? Why doesn't he just write up a dossier memo dated August 10th, slap it over to the FBI and say Mike Flynn's colluding with the Russians, but he's making it up. It doesn't matter. He's making everything up. Then we'll force the FBI's hand and magically six days later after that dossier arrives with the FBI, we already know they had it because we now have Gata, the FBI agent in London, we now have the, who know who's Steele's handler, by the way. I mean, excuse me, uh, who knows Steele and who knows about that whole network. Gata in London is an FBI agent, has now admitted because we have the testimony on the record that they had the Steele dossier and the FBI had it way prior to September. They get this on August 10th and now they force their hand. And on August 16th, they decide to open up a case on Flynn based on false information in a fake memo from a dossier they had August 10th, despite their protestations now. Just magic how that happens, ladies and gentlemen. Now, you still don't believe me, despite having FBI agent Gata's testimony that the FBI had the dossier. Remember, the FBI saying we didn't get the dossier until September 19th. Nonsense. Here we go. Here is an early August text about early August from Peter Stroke, the FBI agent actually investigating Mike Flynn and the Trump team. Here is his text to his girlfriend where he says, hey, the check email, we got the reporting on September 19th. He's talking about the dossier. But it looks like 
someone, Redacted, got it in early August. Looking at Redacted's link replies to me, it's not clear if he knows if and when he told them. But Redacted talked with Redacted. They're both good and will remember. There's Stroke acknowledging that, hey, although this thing may have arrived on email September 19th, somebody clearly had it in early August. I thought you didn't get it till September 19th. So somebody else in the FBI is pushing this thing in early August? I thought the FBI didn't have it till September. Then why are they texting he had it in August? Is that about Brennan? Is that about the CIA? Nobody knows, but somebody's pushing this dossier in early August. Maybe August 10th? Why would they be pushing it August 10th? Because, folks, as I just told you, on August 10th, the FBI opens a case on three Trump insiders, but not Flynn. And the Obama administration can't have that because they want Flynn to go down and they need an FBI case on them, too. Now, if this dossier memo dated August 10th, 2016, magically shows up and is not enough, there's an insurance policy for that, too. And when I say not enough, I mean, gosh, the, clear, it's clear right now that people, deep insiders in the Obama administration and the intelligence community, and possibly Obama himself at this point, are pushing this case against Flynn, but the FBI doesn't open on August 10th. It takes them six days afterwards, after that dossier shows up. But they have an insurance policy for that, too. Let's say this August 10th dossier memo shows up about Flynn and the Russians, and that's not enough. Who magically shows up the next day on August 11th? Oh, look at this. Stefan Halper, source two, believed widely to be source two in the IG report. Source two told the Crossfire Hurricane team, this is on August 11th, the next day. That source two had known Trump's then campaign manager Manafort for a number of years and had been previously acquainted with Mike Flynn. Ho, ho, ho. Case agent one told the IG that quite honestly, we kind of stumbled upon source two knowing these folks saying it was serendipitous and that the crossfire hurricane team couldn't believe their luck when source two had contacts with three of the four subjects, including Carter Page. Oh my gosh, where are you media people on this? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Damn it, where are you? Just one honest media person and the hack left-wing media could blow the biggest story of the decade. Deep embedded intelligence community Obama administration insiders are working with Hillary Clinton's team to produce fake information to get the FBI to investigate a three-star general who was an enemy of the Obama team. And when they don't open up a case on them on August 10th, magically Steele's guy, Steele, uh, Steele, Hillary Clinton's guy, produces a memo saying, oh, this Flynn's working with the Russians. And a source who has been involved in the attack on Mike Flynn since 2014 in the Svetlana Lakova dinner, Halper magically shows up the next day to reinforce the fake story that Flynn's working with the Russians. My gosh, let's leave that under the beginning. This whole thing starts way back in 2014, the targeting of Flynn at the dinner. Let's be clear. But the case to spy on Flynn and take him down clearly starts in the spring of 2016 and comes to fruition 
The end of the beginning is August 16, 2016, when the FBI formally opens up a case after being pushed by multiple people, a fake dossier, and source two believed to be Halper. And the FBI says, what luck? They knew Mike Flynn. Of course you did. You were involved in setting him up in 2014, alleging he had an affair with Svetlana Lakova at a dinner when you totally made that up. All right, let me get to my second sponsor because now I want to move on to how they opened this thing up, the hilarity of their reasons because they had none. The reasons they went down this path and the denouement at the end yesterday, which is just staggering. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Helix Sleep. Helix Sleep is a quiz. They make the best mattresses out there. The quiz takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, not for someone else. Are you a side sleeper, a hot sleeper? You like a plush or a firm bed? With Helix, there's no more guesswork and no more confusion. They'll make a mattress for you, customized for you. We have two of them in this house and we love them. It's like sleeping on a cloud. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take a two-minute sleep quiz there. They'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. We took the quiz. I was matched to the Helix Midnight Lux. The Midnight Lux is medium firm. It's designed for side sleepers. We've been using it here. We love it. My daughter loves it. That's why they sent us one because my wife was using my daughter's mattress. It's falling asleep on the bed reading her stories at night. That's how good these Helix mattresses are. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for your listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan for up to $200 off your mattress order. Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Okay. So now we know this whole thing from the beginning is a hoax. This whole thing clearly is started by Hillary Clinton's paid-for operatives and a uh, Christopher Steele and uh, Stefan Halper and others who are targeting Mike Flynn and who the Obama administration wants to take down Mike Flynn. So we have the end of the beginning there. Now, new information we got yesterday. Hat tip undercover Huber at Technofog and others who have done terrific work on this case for the whole time. But we have the EC now. And ladies and gentlemen, it is damning. What is the EC? The FBI is, has, uh, has a, what they call an EC, an electronic communication, which they use to document the opening of a case. We didn't have this up until yesterday. We have now the EC they wrote up on Mike Flynn. Dated when? August 16th, 2016, and it is tragic. Look at this. I'll break it down into two screenshots here. Here it is. There's the FBI form right there. Notice what they write for their reasons here. They're talking about CR. That's Flynn's code name with the FBI, Crossfire Razor. They say specifically CR, is. this is their reasons for opening up this case, has been cited as an advisor to the Trump team on foreign policy issues as of February 2016. He has ties to various state-affiliated entities of the Russian Federation. Wait, wait, it gets better before we go to screenshot two. So just to be clear, your reason number one, the FBI now says they're opening up a case now. They, keep in mind, they don't cite that they're using Steele's dossier. They don't cite the fact that they're using information from source two, believed to be Halper. They cite that this is hilarious. Their first reason is that Flynn is advising President Trump. How exactly that's a crime, the FBI still to this day has barely explained because they can't. But it gets better. Let's go to page two of their ridiculous EC. So we're investigating Flynn because he's advising Trump and he knows people in Russia. 
as reported by open, so open source information, even worse. They like Googled it, that Flynn knows people in Russia. And he, wait, Joe, Joe, here it goes. Here, yeah. This is the real reason. Joe, get ready. This is the <laughs> real reason they open up on Flynn. Because you say, well, he's advising Trump. That seems kind of weak to investigate him. No, possibly criminal. And he knows people in Russia. He's a three-star general. Not a shocker. Here's the third reason, Joe. Get ready for it. And he traveled to Russia. This is from their documents. He traveled to Russia in December of 2015, as reported by open source information. Oh, there it is, Joe. Yeah. There it is. I know you're devastated. Clearly. Oh, yeah. Right. This is a this guy should have been in handcuffs. He's advising Trump. That's clearly criminal. He knows Russians. He's a three-star military general. Definitely criminal there. And he traveled to Russia in 2015. Lock this guy up. Lock him up. This is serious. That's their actual EC. Now you know why they were hiding this? I mean, is this a joke? You're investing. Do do you understand how they... Follow me, please, for a minute. Because I know liberals with your 72-foot thick titanium-laden, vibranium-coated skulls. None of this makes sense to you because of your just uncontrollable rage towards Trump. Please replace Mike Flynn in that EC, electronic communication, with anyone from the Obama administration. Was Jim Clapper advising President Obama as his director of national intelligence? Yeah. Does he know Russians? You bet your ass. Has he traveled to Russia? You bet your ass part two. Why isn't Jim Clapper under investigation? Because he's not associated with Donald Trump. But don't worry, media people. Keep sweeping it all under the rug, you morons. John Brennan, does he know Russians? Was he advising President Obama? Has he traveled to Russia? He fits all three criteria. The new FBI criteria, apparently, to investigate anyone associated with the Trump team are three ridiculous absurdities. Hat tip undercover Huber on Twitter, by the way, for pointing this out. There's the end of the beginning right now. August 16th, they open up on Flynn because he knows Trump has traveled to Russia and knows a Russian. Of course, that's BS. They opened up a case on Mike Flynn because Hillary Clinton's paid oppo researcher produced a fake piece of paper about Flynn's connections to Russia that were totally made up. Such garbage. Now, new revelations yesterday. So now we know they opened up on him. Shockingly, the people who have been telling us now for years that they have information about collusion, suggesting there was collusion, implying there was collusion, people like Adam Schiff, people like John Brennan, people like Clapper, who never said he had direct evidence, but always seemed to imply there was something going on because he has no spine and no dignity. These are Obama administration officials and a sitting member of the United States Congress on the Intelligence Committee, Adam Schiff, who have lied to you for three years about this evidence of collusion. They had to start this thing. Why does that matter in the Flynn case? Because Flynn is being investigated this entire time because of the Steele dossier saying Trump's team's colluding with the Russians and Flynn's working there. Surely they had direct evidence of this. Someone, anyone? Well, in addition to the bombshell that the Department of Justice was dropping the now framing and setup of Mike Flynn, yesterday it also came out that the transcripts of 
people who had testified about the collusion hoax up into Congress over the last few years in front of us, sworn testimony under oath. Now their testimonies out there after having been hidden by Adam Schiff for a Schiff for a long time. Surely, if you're watching this show, watching this show right now, you're saying, well, Jim Clapper, Susan Rice, Samantha Power, Andy McCabe of the FBI. Joe, fair question to ask, mm -hmm. no, that these Obama era insiders who were spying on Mike Flynn because of this alleged Russian collusion, when they testified in front of Congress, surely, Joe, fair question, no, mm -hmm. that someone surely told Congress under earth they had some evidence, right, yeah, of this, yeah. right? Yeah, sure. Fair question, right? Yeah. Not a trick. Of course it is. Okay. Well, let's go to the screenshot of what Jim Clapper had told Congress under oath about this collusion thing. He's the director of national intelligence under Obama. Surely somebody had some evidence. So here's Clapper's answer when he's asked, hey, you had testified in the past that you saw no evidence of collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian government. Is that still the case or has that changed? This is Clapper under oath in a transcript we just got yesterday. Obama's head intelligence guy. Well, no, no, it's not. I never saw any direct empirical evidence that the Trump campaign or someone in it was plotting, conspiring with the Russians to meddle with the election. Oh, my gosh. Folks, I mean, it's the, are, are, you, are you grasping the severity of the constitutional crisis we're in right now? Barack Obama's head, his director of national intelligence, his chief intelligence official in the entire country has never seen any direct empirical evidence of a collusion hoax. The Obama administration, Brennan, and so Brennan's a subordinate to him at the CIA. He works under the DNI after the Patriot Act was instituted. Brennan's pushing this thing on Twitter. He's pushing this thing as the CIA director. And Clapper never steps up and stops him and says, hey, do you have any evidence? Any of this is actually true? Well, surely someone else had evidence of this collusion hoax. The media, Adam Schiff. And of all of this, the media grosses me out the most because you're literally your job is to speak the facts. And you've been Pravda. You've been propagandizing and gaslighting America for years. You disgust me. You disgust me. I don't know how you walk into your house with your families with your head up. I'm not even kidding. I have kids. I'd be embarrassed. You should be too. You will go down in infamy. Your, your poor kids and grandkids will have to answer for you and what you did. Lying to America in one of the most grotesque propaganda operations I've ever seen. You didn't bother to ask Clapper this? He's never produced a scintilla of evidence? Any of this targeting of Mike Flynn was based on anything true? Well, let's go to Andy McCabe. It's a screenshot from Fox News last night about Andy McCabe's testimony. Andy McCabe, deputy director of the FBI. Keep in mind, they relied on the dossier to start all this. How do we know? I just told you the dossier arrived on August 10th, right after they opened the case against uh, those three and then opened up the case on Flynn. So surely McCabe has evidence the dossier is true. Andy McCabe, quote, underwrote testimony to Congress, found out yesterday. Well, as I tried to explain before, there's a lot of information in the Steele reporting. We have not been able to prove the accuracy of all the information. You actually haven't been able to prove the accuracy of any of the information. Adam Schiff has had this testimony by Clapper. He has had this testimony by McCabe. He has had the testimony. I can't go on all day with it because I'm, I, I want to make sure we get all this in. Susan Rice testi testified she hasn't seen any evidence. Samantha Power, Ob the Obama administration unmasking czar, who claims I didn't know anything about it. She hasn't seen any evidence either. So why has Adam Schiff 
Look at this little montage, this video montage here. Why is Adam Schiff, lying, grotesque member of Congress, spineless jellyfish fraud, been telling the media this, they're lapdogs in the media, without any serious questioning for years now? Here's Adam Schiff. I've been very clear over the last uh, year, year and a half, uh, that there is ample evidence of collusion in plain sight. But look, you can see evidence in plain sight uh, on the issue of collusion, pretty compelling evidence. Have you seen, do you have direct evidence of collusion with Russia? Well, I think there is direct evidence. I think it's corrupt and evidence of collusion. What's your evidence? You've been saying that on well, TV yes. for years. Well, I will tell you, and we, and I've also been saying, as you know, that the evidence is in plain sight, not hidden anywhere. Uh, but as I've said along, there's plenty of evidence of collusion and corrupt uh, commingling. On the issue of collusion, the, the reality is that there is ample evidence of collusion in plain sight, and it has been for a very long time. Um, and, of course, uh, as the weeks have gone on, the, that evidence has continued to mount. Keep voting for this guy in his district. He's a real gem, isn't he? Now you know conclusively for a fact on documents, on sworn documents that Adam Schiff has been lying to you. But you don't care. You'll vote him into office because you're a fraud too. The people who vote him into office get up every morning and they hate themselves. They don't hate you. You may say, sure they do. They attack me on Twitter, these liberals. They go into Facebook and they troll my page, which they do all the time. They're so angry. Death threats, calling us racist. Yeah, they are angry. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you, they're not angry at you. They're angry at themselves. Their entire lives are frauds. They believe in people who are frauds. They can read just like you and I can. They can now read the fact that Adam Schiff has been lying to him. There's never been any evidence of collusion the entire time. We now know in sworn transcripts that deep embalmed administration embeds Clapper, McCabe, people who worked under President Obama in senior positions never produced a scintilla of evidence that any of this is true, and none of them care. They wake up every morning enraged with no self-control at all, angry at themselves that their entire lives are a lie, that they want to tell you Trump is a liar, but they're the liars, and they lash out at you. These are deeply troubled, near sociopathic people. Now, surely Jim Clapper came clean. Here's a old clip of Jim Clapper. It's from a while ago on CNN, given the opportunity to finally come clean and admit that he's testified himself. There's no evidence whatsoever of collusion and he can't do it. Listen to this appearance on CNN. Well, I think John raises good points and uh, he is expressing uh, an inf what I would call an informed opinion, which he's, he is clearly entitled to do. I think in the end, though, uh, there needs to be an official uh, determination made about this. And that, I think, can only be done by uh, the Mueller investigation. Notice how he sets that up, ladies and gentlemen. He's asked about Jets. The John he's talking about is John Brennan. Brennan, of course, who says, hey, there's collusion. Trump's claims that there's no collusion or hogwash. This is Brennan, hack CIA director under Obama, who's the puppet master of this whole thing, right? Clapper has already testified under oath and knows that this thing is based on nothing. He's already sworn under oath. He has no evidence of this. And instead of telling CNN, hey, listen, Brennan's probably making that up. There really is no evidence of collusion. What does he do? He doubles down. Well, John's entitled to his opinion, and I think we should have the Mueller investigation check this out. Check out what? You've already said as the director of national intelligence, there's no evidence any of it's true. But of course, Jim Clapper has no spine. He's a disgraceful human being who has scarred this country. And his service will be a stain on this country forever. You had the opportunity to do the right thing. And you did the easy thing. 
That's what sellouts and losers do. All right, I'm going to get to this part because there's a, I want to be clear on McCabe too. Again, we're talking about Flynn. You may say, what does this all have to do with Flynn? Because folks, they're investigating Flynn because they think he's part of a collusion scandal that doesn't exist. Everybody knows it. I showed you the beginning where they fabricate the collusion scandal. The dossier on August 10th shows up or a memo of it. And then Halper shows up, source two, August 11th, the next day. Hey, FBI, you really should look into this Flynn guy. They're basing it on nothing. Now I'm telling you the reason they know it's nothing. The reasons they know it's nothing is because they testified to it. Now we're going to get into the FBI's cover story starts to develop because they can't say this is based on the dossier, this whole case on Flynn, because the dossier's fake. I just showed you McCabe from the FBI's own words. We didn't verify the dossier. Clapper, there is no evidence. Rice, there's no evidence. Samantha Power, there's no evidence. They've got nothing. So the FBI needs to work on a new story. We'll get to that in a second. Today's show also brought to you by friends at We The People. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, they make the best holsters out there. Not only are they good looking, here's one of mine, but they're super comfortable. I love this holster. This is for my, my Glock 43. I have so many of them. Um, thank you so much for supporting We The People holsters. They've been flooded with orders because of record numbers of people who are buying firearms for the first time. If you're one of them, please be safe and please holster that new firearm in a We The People holster. Safety matters, safety first. Starting at just $39, which is a bargain for this terrific holster. We The People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. This is their constitution design there. You can see it, a great clip in the back uh, too. It's really comfortable to adjust. It's made right here in the USA. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters. Their proprietary clip design, you can see it on the back, allows you to easily adjust the cant and the ride of the holster so you don't get that rub up against that hip bone that's awful when you're wearing in the waistband holster. It's comfortable and fits securely. Each time you stick the firearm in there, you get that click. Love it. These things are beautiful. They last forever, too. I've had mine for years now. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Get yours today. You're not going to find a better holster out there. Everyone ships free and comes with a lifetime guarantee. Get an additional $10 off with the offer code Dan. Satisfaction's guaranteed. If it's not a perfect fit for your firearm, send it back for a total refund. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Use offer code Dan. Get that additional $10 off. Okay. So now we know how they started it, the dossier and Halpert. Now we know that they continued the myth that they had evidence despite testifying under oath they had no evidence, Russian collusion as stated in the dossier exists. But we see McCabe's story start to develop here. McCabe from the FBI and Comey story, once they find out the dossier is fake, they have to develop a cover story that, no, no, we didn't start this case because of the dossier, we started this case because the Australians, the friendly foreign government, contacted us about one of Trump's advisors, Papadopoulos, saying in London to one of the Australian ambassadors that uh, the Russians had information on Hillary, allegedly. This story is totally fake. This case was about the fake dossier and the made-up Russian collusion charges nobody had evidence of from the start. Here's McCabe saying as much, where he tries to flip the script. McCabe knows this. So McCabe is asked by Trey Gowdy about when the investigation began. I want you to pay attention to this. He says, so very generally, sir, this is McCabe talking to Gowdy under oath, former Congressman Trey Gowdy. Very generally, sir, we did not rely on the Steele reporting for the opening of the investigation into possible Russian influence on the 2016 election. But we did rely on that reporting in the FISA application. The rest is redacted. Gowdy says, well, when did the investigation begin? And if it were not the dossier, then what prompted it? McCabe, 
The investigation began, well, it was officially initiated on, it's redacted, of course. What prompted the initiation of the investigation was information that came to us through from the State Department to our, and then eventually came into the headquarters at the end of, and it's all redacted. And the information that came to us has been provided to the State Department. Let me, Joe, you're probably like, what does that mean? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're probably like, Dan, translate for me. Please. What is McCabe spinning here? Forget what he's spinning for a moment and stick to this. The case started because Christopher Steele, Fusion GPS, and Stefan Halper put together a fake dossier, which was given to the FBI in July of 2016. That's what starts the case. End of story. They find out it's fake and they have to start spinning a different story. So they start saying that, no, no, this is what McCabe's spinning here. He's spinning the Australian's tip to the State Department about Papadopoulos. No, that's the reason we did it. This Trump guy met with an Australian diplomat in a bar. It's a fake story. Do you understand that? Mm. It is a fake made up story. It's not true. How do we know it's not true? Because the Australian diplomats meeting with Papadopoulos, the Australian diplomat is downer, takes place on March 10th of 2016. The FBI says, hey, man, we didn't get that to July. And we opened up the case July 31st, 2016. Follow me. Joe, I need you here. Audience referee hat. Okey-dokey. They say we start, the, we initiate the case on July 31st and the specific cases against those three, August 10th and then August 16th against Flynn. But we did it right after we got the tip in July from the government through the State Department. You got it in July? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Because when I look at the text, Peter Stroke, Lisa Page text, the two FBI investigators intimately involved in this case, on May 11th, the day after, the Papadopoulos meeting. Remember, the FBI says, we didn't learn about the meeting till July. Folks, I know this is a little complicated, but think this through. Why is McCabe lying? And why is he lying in this very specific way? Why is the FBI insisting they didn't get the tip from Australia till July? Because if the meeting happened in May and they got the information in May, the question, Joe, would be what? Well, why didn't you open up a case in May? Right. Because they didn't get the dossier till July. And the dossier is what started the case. So now they have to pretend they didn't hear about the information in May when it happened. But then why these texts by the lead FBI investigator Stroke and his FBI lawyer girlfriend who's working for McCabe? Remember what McCabe said, Joe, in the testimony to Gowdy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got this information from the State Department. And the FBI is on the record saying we didn't get it till July. This is the day after. The May 10th meeting they're talking about. May 11th. Look at the dates. They're talking about a conversation with Andy. Peter Stroke says, yeah, the deputy director calling state now. Ooh, want to hear about it. You already talked to, redacted, and crap, I got to go in 30 or so. Canceled to sit in on this. So I thought you didn't hear about the Australian tip that allegedly started this case, which is all nonsense. You started on the fake dossier. I thought you didn't hear about it to July. You admit you got it from the State Department. Why the day after the meeting you're talking about that the Australians tipped you off about, the day after it happened on May 10th, why on May 11th are they texting each other? Ooh, the deputy director, Andy McCabe, is on the phone with the State Department. Now, this is juicy. Let's sit on this. What were they talking about? They were talking about the downer meeting. 
And they're hiding that because they still want you to believe they didn't get that information to July because they didn't open the case until July. But they opened the case because they got the dossier in July, not because of the May 10th notification that they learned about clearly the next day because they knew it was BS. It's all a fake story. All of it. This is all fake. This is a three-pager show today, folks. Now we have the beginning. The case started because of the dossier. We have the fake reasons. It started because of Australia. No, you learned about Australia in May. No, we didn't. We learned about it in July. Why are you texting about it in May? Well, because we did learn about it in May and we just didn't think it was a big deal. Then why'd you open up a case in July? Because we got the dossier. The dossier about collusion. You thought collusion was real? Yeah, we thought it was real. Then why'd you testify under oath? You had no evidence any of it was real. Oh, gee, sorry. Forgot about that. Now let's go to part three. It all goes down in January. And man, is this section going to be juicy. We're going to go a little longer today. Let me get to my final sponsor. Appreciate your patience. But we do have people that pay for the show, want to be here and talk to you and they're great companies. Final sponsor today, great company. Paul has been using them, loves it. Super easy to use website. We're happy to have them on board. 1-800-CONTACTS. You've heard there, 1-800-CONTACTS. I wish I had a better voice. I'd sing it for you. If you're a contacts lens wearer, and it may be hard or even impossible for you to get more contact lenses from your eye care provider since many of you are closed, don't even worry about it. Go to 1-800-CONTACTS. They have your brand in stock and ready to ship. 1-800-CONTACTS has been shipping contact lenses directly to people's homes for 25 years. Paula wears contacts. The minute we brought them on board, went to the website. Paula's a web designer in a prior life, said this is one of the best websites, super easy to use, very easy to get your contacts. They've been doing this for 25 years. They're experts in the industry. They have 45 million contacts in stock and are shipping orders every day. Couldn't be simpler. You order the same contacts you would get from your doctor. Just look on the side of your contacts box for the prescription details. It's really that simple. You can order online. You can order over the phone. You can use their app. They ship them fast and free right to your front door. You can even renew your prescription online using their express exam. It is super easy and intuitive. There's award-winning 24-7 customer support as well if you ever need help or have any questions. Their best price guarantee means if you find your contacts cheaper anywhere else, they will beat it. They've been doing this for 25 years. They're experts in vision care. So let 1-800-CONTACTS get you the contact lenses you need. Order online today at 1-800-CONTACTS.COM, 1-800-CONTACTS.COM. Go to 1-800-CONTACTS.COM today. Okay, thanks for being here. Paula loves it too. It all goes down in January, folks. January of 2017. A panic breaks out. Donald Trump has been elected president-elect in November of 2016. He's about to take office in just weeks in the middle of January and swear in. They're in a panic. The FBI knows it started a case because of a fake dossier. The FBI knows it's been lying about it, saying they started it because of Papadopoulos, lying about when they heard about Papadopoulos. Clapper has no evidence. Rice has no evidence. Any of the stuff in the dossier is true. They know Mike Flynn, the incoming national security. Director. Now you getting it? We'll put it. On. They know Mike Flynn, an experienced intelligence professional with decades in the military and the intelligence space, is going to uncover all of this. And they know Mike Flynn has gotten wind of some dirty dealings under the table. And in January, full blown panic breaks out. Let's walk through it one by one. First, National Review article, January fourth of twenty sixteen. 
They're about to close out the case against Mike Flynn because despite all of their machinations and devious plots to take General Mike Flynn down, they can't find anything. National Review, records show Stroke, he's the FBI agent, intervened when FBI moved to close Flynn investigation due to the lack of derogatory information. From the National Review piece, first week in January, they've tried everything. They've thrown the kitchen sink at Mike Flynn. They've used spies against him. They've set him up. There is clearly some kind of a FISA up on Flynn or people in the Flynn orbit. They are watching Flynn. They are listening to his phone calls, and they've got absolutely nothing. January 4th, they freak out. They're about to close the case that they started with the EC. Remember the EC? He was advising Trump. He knows Russians, and he went to Russia. They have nothing. National Review, the FBI's closing communication was filed in the D.C. office on January 4th, 2017. But, 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 the same day, Peter Stroke comes to the rescue again, folks. FBI agent who interviewed Flynn in the White House later that month on January 23rd texted a redacted individual, apparently Flynn's case agent, to ask, hey, have you closed Razor yet? That was his code name. Don't do so yet. Please keep it open for now, Stroke asked. He then messaged former FBI colleague Lisa Page, his girlfriend, telling her that it was serendipitously good that the case was still open. What's going on here, folks? They have thrown everything. You ever go to Jan's, Jan's Ice Cream Shop in Queens? I used to love that place growing up. They had the kitchen sink. It was ice cream, bananas, cherry. They've thrown the kitchen sink at Flynn, and they have zero. They're about to close it down because they have no derogatory information on Flynn. And they decide at the last minute, the seventh floor, FBI headquarters, Comey and McCabe, their offices are on the seventh floor, get involved and they decide to give it one last shot. Why? Because they cannot, cannot under any circumstances let trained intelligence professional American patriot Mike Flynn see what they've been doing. Now, here's an interesting text exchange, too. This is how worried they are about Flynn. This is Stroke and Page again, texting each other back and forth. Right after they find out that Mike Flynn gets offered the job as a national security advisor, they're like, look, they're texting each other. I have an article to share. Trump offers retired Lieutenant General Mike Flynn the job of national security advisor. Look at this text. Look at this butte. He says, right after talking about this, they said, by the way, Clapper, Jim Clapper told Pete, Stroke, that he, Clapper, was meeting with Brennan and Cohen for dinner tonight, just for your situational awareness. This is this whole text network between McCabe, uh, Stroke, and Page. So that's awfully interesting, as this whole cabal of FBI idiots at the top are texting each other about how now Flynn is going to be the national security advisor. They're also saying, hey, for your situational awareness, Jim Clapper, who's already said he has no evidence this collusion was real, but was Obama's national uh, director of national intelligence is going to be meeting with John Brennan, the CIA director. Hey, just for your situational awareness that night, I wonder what they were talking about the same day it's reported that Mike Flynn is going to be the incoming national security. What do you think Clapper and Brennan were talking about at dinner? I'm just going to throw that out there for you to guess and chew the cut on. Hmm. I'm sure they were talking about yoga like Hillary Clinton was in her emails. Oh, it gets better. So now we know January 4th, they say, no, don't close the case out of Flynn on Flynn yet. We're going to give this one last shot. As per Comey and McCabe, the seventh floor is involved. Well, what happens the very next day, January 5th of 2017? And what did we learn about it yesterday? 
which if it doesn't open your eyes, you don't have eyes. This is like an Oedipus Rex kind of story. (laughs) The very next day, now you know why the seventh floor was involved on January 4th, telling Peter Stroke and his team, don't close out the case against Flynn because the next day they go to the White House, Jim Comey. He goes to the White House and he goes to meet with Sally Yates, Jim Comey, John Brennan, Barack Obama, Susan Rice, and Vice President Biden for this big muckety-muck meeting the next day. And who's there as well? Sally Yates, the big shot in the Department of Justice. Sally Yates is there. And in a bombshell of historic proportions, this is disclosed yesterday, we find out from the FBI's own notes here that Sally Yates has stated on the record, quote, listen to this. I'm going to read this direct. This is, they're talking about the January 5th meeting. President Obama was joined by his national security advisor, Rice, and others from the National Security Council. After the briefing, Obama dismissed the group, but asked Sally Yates and Jim Comey to stay behind. Obama started by saying that he had learned of the information about Flynn and his conversation with Russian Ambassador Kislyak about sanctions. Obama specified he did not want any additional information on the matter, but was seeking information on whether the White House should be treating Flynn any differently given the information. At that point, Yates had no idea what the president was talking about, but figured it out based on the conversation. Yates recalled Comey mentioning the Logan Act, but can't recall if he specified there was an investigation. Now you know why the seventh floor of the FBI headquarters wanted them to keep the case open on Flynn based on absolutely nothing. Because they were hatching a plot the next day that Jim Comey was central to in the White House's Oval Office with Barack Obama, Biden, Susan Rice, and the National Security Council to set Flynn up on a fake Logan Act charge. You know the Logan Act? That U.S. citizens aren't, gonna, aren't supposed to get involved in the disputes of the United States? You know the Logan Act? The act that has never been successfully prosecuted in the history of the United States because it's a joke. It's not even jaywalking. Jaywalking could actually get you killed. Logan, The Logan Act is a violation of the First Amendment, and it's never been successfully prosecuted because the minute it is, it would be thrown out of court immediately. This is their plot. Why is it their plot? Because what was their first plot against Flynn? Now, why is this a bombshell? Because now we know Obama knew. We were under the mistaken assumption, some of us, although not us, we've been on this from the start. With the Remember the Obama, the text about Obama with these FBI investigators? The White House uh, is uh, running this. The POTUS wants to know everything we're doing, talking about Obama, the FBI talking about Obama. We've told you from the start, Obama was central to this whole thing. But now we know the Logan Act scheme it's a scheme. It's a frame. It's a frame. Set. They're setting up. They're framing Mike Flynn. This whole thing is hatched by Obama. A lot of people believed Yates thought this up. Yates, apparently, according to the FBI's document, gets the idea from Comey and Obama to use this ridiculous Logan Act to frame Mike Flynn for an innocuous conversation with the Russian ambassador about sanctions. This is huge. This is enormous. But why, as I said, I forget where I was there. Their first line of attack against Flynn, which starts August 10th and opens up a case on August 16th, the FBI's first attack on Flynn that he's colluding with the Russians 
falls apart because as I just showed you the day before, the FBI is getting ready to close the case and says, we have no derogatory information on Flynn and the Russians. They don't have anything. So plot one falls apart. Plot two, let's make up a Logan Act violation. And Comey brings it up in the Oval Office with Obama, who knew the whole mm -mm -mm time. Well, what else happens on January 5th after Obama, Comey, Sally Yates, and others hatch this plot to set up Mike Flynn for a Logan Act violation? What else happens? Oh, it gets better. Daily Caller. Same day, January 5th, mysteriously, the guy who hatched the initial plot, but was plot one against Flynn? Let's accuse him of colluding with the Russians based on this dossier we have. Who was the author of the dossier or one of them? Christopher Steele, Chuck Ross, Daily Caller, exclusive dossier author testified his emails were wiped. He no longer has documents relating to his primary source. Go to a quick screenshot from that piece. When does Christopher Steele decide that plot one's going to go away and the new plot's going to start, the Logan Act plot, plot one based on the Russian collusion allegations he put in his own dossier and the FBI found no derogatory information from? Well, Steele said that a Hushmail account he used in late December was wiped clean. He said the communications with Fusion GPS, paid for by Hillary, by the way, on his company's computer network were scrubbed on January 5th, 2017. I can only imagine this conversation in the White House with Obama. Hey, guys, how's that Russian collusion thing working out on Flynn you've been working on since August? You know, based on Halper and Steele's dossier and Fusion GPS. Yeah, we don't have anything. We've looked at it. We've interviewed people. We have no derogatory information. Matter of fact, yesterday we were going to close out the case on Flynn. No, no, don't do that. Hold on. Let me just propose an idea. This is Obama talking. I know about this conversation. He had as the incoming national security advisor with the Russian ambassador. He's probably nothing. It's probably incoming administration stuff. But I think we can get him on this Logan Act thing. You know that law no one's ever been prosecuted with ever in the history of the United States? I think we can nail him on that. Uh, Mr. President, that seems like kind of a stretch. Well, at least we can interview him about it. And if we interview him about it and he lies about the conversation, then we can scrap the Logan Act thing because it would get thrown out. We can charge him with lying to a federal agent. Sounds like a great idea, doesn't it? Of course, though, Steele has to delete all his information first because they want to make this dossier stuff they've been lying about, that they've been relying on the whole time and lying about. They need to make that go away because they've all testified. So after this, after they've all testified, there was no information there. From, it was all fake. Andy McCabe's already told you they didn't verify any of it. Now, what's the problem? Why does Steele wipe his files clean and make this whole Russian collusion thing try to go away? Why does he wipe his files clean on the same day of the Obama White House meeting where they hatched the Logan Act plot against Flynn? Well, we now have testimony of David Kramer, old buddy to John McCain. That's right. David Kramer, who was key to this thing and is already an admitted co-conspirator in the trafficking of the dirty dossier. Yes, it wasn't just Democrats, unfortunately. Well, David Kramer, we have his testimony now, and Kramer says this. Mr. Kramer, there was one thing he mentioned to me talking about steel. Christopher Steele, who just wiped his thing clean, his emails clean, January 5th. He says, there's one thing Steele mentioned to me is not included here. And that is he believed that Mr. Flynn had an extramarital affair with a Russian woman in the UK. Mike Flynn, that is. Oh, 
Oh, boy. How would Kramer know that from Steele? How would Kramer know that? Christopher Steele was not at the 2014 dinner Halper was involved in setting up where Mike Flynn was there with Svetlana Lakova, where the allegation emerges a couple years later that Flynn had an affair with Lakova. Steele wasn't at that dinner. Steele had nothing to do with it. But who is the FBI source reporting on that dinner? Stephen Halper. Did Halper write parts of that dossier? That dossier Kramer has, that Kramer has information only Halper knows or says he does. Keep in mind, Halper wasn't at the dinner either. But he's the one telling the FBI about it. Are we crystal clear on this? Joe, don't lose me here, buddy. Oh, no, daddy. They're saying this information comes from Steele. He was a Russian desk intel guy. He wrote this dossier. They now find out it's all fake. They demand he scrub his sources because they don't want you to find out that the information Kramer, Clapper, McCain, all these people are getting, they're getting from Steele, really isn't coming from Steele. It's really coming, a lot of it, from Halper himself. Now, why does that matter if it comes from Halper or Steele? Because the FBI has sworn under oath in FISA applications that it's Steele who told them this because he's credible and was a British intelligence agent dealing with Russia. But was Steele getting it from Halper? But the even bigger question, were you paying for it? <laughs> oh, well, what happens a week after this meeting, January 5th at the White House? where I'm pretty sure the word goes out, tell Steele to scrub his sources. We're dumping the Russian collusion thing for now. We're going to stick with the Logan Act. What happens a week after that January 5th meeting on January 12th? Let's look at this article from the Washington Times. Gosh, these are all just big coincidences, I'm sure. Rowan Scarborough, Wednesday, October 15th, 2018. Trump supporting Pentagon analysts stripped of security clearance after Stephen Halper complains. Oh, wait. So a Pentagon insider turns into a whistleblower and says, hey, the Pentagon, the Office of Net Assessments within the Pentagon, is paying Stefan Halper with your money, taxpayer dollars, to generate information about Mike Flynn and others and other people. And Mike Flynn alleging what, he had an affair with this woman and a dinner that he wasn't even at. I thought that came from Steele. Look at this from the Washington Times. What date does this go then? After lodging his complaints about the ONA's outside research in general, and Mr. Halper specifically, this whistleblower, Lovinger, sought an assignment to the Trump White House National Security staff in January of 2017. Flynn knows Lovinger. He was soon confronted with allegations from Mr. Baker, who runs this Pentagon division, that he failed to follow security rules. Mr. Lovinger denies any wrongdoing. What's going on here, ladies and gentlemen? Bottom line up front, a Pentagon insider discovers that U.S. tax dollars have been paying for the dossier. That man knows Mike Flynn, Lovinger. He asked for an assignment to the National Security Council. And what happens? Rather than being celebrated as a whistleblower who just uncovered the scandal of the century, U.S. taxpayer dollars paying for fake information that made it into a dossier used to spy on a campaign, he gets investigated himself. 
for security leaks that never happened. And the investigation done by the NCIS turns up that they did not find any security breaches by him. And then the word not magically disappears from the NCIS report later. Kind of important, no? They are trying to whack a mole everywhere. Trump is coming into office in days. They've got a whistleblower in the Pentagon. Hey, this guy Halper is the one. We're paying this guy. The Pentagon's been paying this guy to spy on Flynn and others. There's no information. Anything in this dossier is ever true. We got to start this Logan Act thing. We got to do something. We got to set this guy up. We got to shut him down. He knows it. Well, how do we know he knows it? Because Flynn starts asking questions. When I say he, Flynn knows all this. Someone, I don't know, Lovinger, somebody's telling him something. There's a lot of people telling him things that Trump's been targeted. How do we know Flynn has to be taken out and that Flynn knows it? Because we have the IG report. It's clear as day. January 6th, Jim Comey meets with Trump, with Clapper, Brennan and Rogers. They're all there with Trump. Trump's the president-elect, January 6th, 2017. He hasn't sworn in yet. They start telling Trump about the dossier. Listen to this. Comey then sends an email the next day and says, hey, a member of Trump's national security team asked during the briefing whether the FBI was, quote, trying to dig into Steele's subsources to gain an understanding of the situation. Who is that person? That person is Mike Flynn. Who the day after the Obama White House meeting starts asking a whole lot of questions. Hey, this guy Steele you've been using, who are his sources? Maybe because Flynn knows Steele's sources are Halper, who the taxpayers have been paying to create fake information used to spy on Trump. That a whistleblower uncovered and our own government then started investigating for blowing the whistle. But how does Flynn know? Did he hear it from Lovinger? I don't know. Maybe. Did someone tell Flynn, hey, this is really bad. We've been paying this guy Halper to generate fake stories. Well, we know that the United Kingdom reached out to Flynn and told him, hey, that guy Steele, who this, wrote this dossier, yeah, that's all fake too. How do we know? Because we have Flynn's lawyer's own legal finding. Here we go. A letter delivered by the British Embassy to the incoming national security team after Trump's election and to Susan Rice apparently disavows former British Secret Service agent Christopher Steele and calls his credibility into question and declares him untrustworthy. Flynn knows the whole time. Flynn had to be taken out. Obama knows Flynn knows on the January 5th Oval Office meeting because Susan Rice got the letter too. Obama knows. Obama knows Flynn's got the letter. That Steele and the dossier and their entire case against Flynn and others and Trump is a hoax and has been a hoax the entire time. Ladies and gentlemen, it gets even better, shockingly. But they have to put Flynn at ease. Flynn's asking questions. They know he's suspicious. How do they know? Because he's asking questions. He's asking Comey, where's Steele getting his information? Because Flynn knows it's coming from Halper and others, and it's fake. So they got to put him at ease. So what do they do? They leak to the Washington Post, the FBI. The day before the interview, they leak to Ellen Nakashima and Greg Miller. Hey, 
Just tell them, just put out an article together that we reviewed Flynn's calls and we didn't find anything wrong. Headline, Washington Post, January 23rd. FBI reviewed Flynn's calls with the Russian ambassador, but found nothing illicit. A clearly transparent effort by intelligence swamp insiders, obviously working in conjunction with people who in the Obama administration to put Flynn's guard down so the FBI can go and hammer him the next day and he's not going to start asking questions. Well, of course, they do go interview him the next day at the White House about the fake Logan Act plot hatched on January 5th between Yates, Comey, and Barack Obama in his office. I'm sure Susan Rice was involved in this too. The problem is, even in that meeting and with the hatched fake plot to hit him on a Logan Act violation, they don't believe Flynn lied. Why? Because the two agents involved, Stroke and Pianca, write in a form, in initial 302, that they don't believe that Flynn was being deceptive, but they want to charge him with lying to the FBI. So what happens? Well, as I discussed yesterday, that original form where they indicate we interviewed Flynn, it's called the 302 form, and we don't believe he was being deceptive, seems to have disappeared, folks. No one can find it. But we have edited versions later, which seem to say Flynn did lie. Interesting how that kind of morphed into didn't lie. He's a liar. So you may say, Dan, that's easy enough. Can't we just get the original 302? No, we can't because nobody can seem to find it yet. Jim Comey has already testified that that original 302 still exists. As always, we always bring the evidence. Here it is right here. Jim Comey. And they interviewed him, Flynn, completely. Went through it all, did not show him the transcript of transcripts, and then came back and drafted a 302 and reported to me and the deputy director. There it is right there, ladies and gentlemen. The FBI has a system where they input these 302s. There's Comey saying they came right back to him after the Flynn interview and put that original 302 where they indicated he didn't lie and wasn't being deceptive in the system. Where is it? Nobody can seem to find it. You know why? Because they want to allow the media narrative right now to continue. Well, Flynn pled guilty. He was trying to save his son from another witch hunt. People plead guilty to things they didn't do, sadly, all the time. Now, in order for that media narrative to continue, because they're grotesque hacks without a sliver of dignity. Again, I don't know how they look at their kids, and I mean that. They know Flynn didn't lie. Why? Because they know that original 302 is out there where the FBI agents themselves who later prosecuted him said Flynn didn't lie. But nobody can find it. Because then the media would have no leg to stand on. The media's now still hell. Flynn pled guilty to lying. They don't, man, don't mention he withdrew his plea. And he was trying to save his kid. But can you imagine when that 302 services and the FBI themselves acknowledge Flynn didn't lie? The S storm that's going to come out? All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the case from soup to nuts about the prosecution of Mike Flynn. You can write an entire book on that. I'm working on it now. I'm almost done with the Flynn chapter. But I want to leave you on a bit of a good note because we had some pretty devastating unemployment numbers come out today. Looks like the unemployment rate is up to 14%. And the, we've lost 20.5 million jobs um, in April. Ladies and gentlemen, that is, uh, you know what the prior record was for jobs lost? 1.96 million. That's apocalyptic. We'll get better. We'll turn it around. But I want to leave you on a good note. I've been telling you about Shelley Luther the brave patriot who stood up and refused to 
succumb to tyranny and unconstitutional orders to close her business when she's trying to feed her kids. Well, Shelley Luther was put in, in jail by a, a, I'm not even gonna call him a judge. He's not worthy of the title. He pretends to be a judge who demanded an apology from Shelley Luther for trying to feed her kids. Um, and she refused. So the judge, a uh, little mini tyrant, decided to send her to jail. Well, she was let out of jail yesterday. Governor Abbott and uh, Attorney General Paxton, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick worked on it. Good job. I'm glad you got her out of jail. I wish you'd revoke this entire dopey executive order. And Shelley Luther walked out of jail yesterday. And this is what happened. Check this out. I just want to thank all of you who I just barely met. And now you're all my friends. You mean so much to me. And this would have been nothing without you. Thank you so, so much. And I'll have more to say when I can gather myself, but I'm a little overwhelmed. I just want to say love you, Shelly. Thank you, Shelly. Good job. We'll see you all on Monday. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.